Want to start your own podcast? Anchor makes it super easy. Here's what you need to know about Anchor. Most importantly, it's free. Second, there are tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor distributes your podcast to numerous platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more. You can make money from your podcast with minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a quality podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app or visit anchor.fm to get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Where's the Funding podcast with your host, Michelle McKenzie. The Where's the Funding podcast demystifies the fog around funding and entrepreneurship. And today we have with us Jesse Bimono, who will be talking to us about the VC venture that she is trying to get off the ground. Jesse, welcome to the show. Hi, Michelle. Thank you for having me. Nice to be here with you. Wonderful. Jesse, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and your business and the Audex Alliance that you are, and the Audex Summit, I should say, that you're in the process of putting together. Definitely. Uh, so I'm Jesse Bimono. I'm a tech co-founder. I started a first company back in 2018 in France. Uh, out of that, uh, I was posed with a question whether, uh, was I was, when I was fundraising, uh, I was posed with a question, what to do when you, um, you are in, in a situation that I am, you can barely raise any capital for your company. And this is how I came to uh, launch this um, Odax Alliance Summit, which is actually a capital enablement platform. And it will take shape in the form of a first summit, gathering together VCs from the US, Europe, and a couple of emerging fund managers from Europe and the US as well. Uh, and yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, you're talking a little fast, so maybe slow it down a little bit so that we can absorb everything that you're saying. Oh. So tell me, what about your first experience trying to raise funds that led you to what you're doing now? What was that experience like? As far as I can remember, it dates back to 2015 when I first co-founded a, a tech company in Paris with uh, my former co-founder. The good thing is that the company is still operating. But um, looking back at the, at the time, we were trying to fundraise a pre-seed capital in the line of 50, 50 to 100K um, to, you know, to fast track the, our company growth. But we had a hard time doing that because the scene, we, I mean, the, the, let's say the capital, the capital allocation scene we were talking to, the people we were talking to weren't very welcoming in a, per se. Uh, they were sort of disregarding our um, companies uh, for potentially different factors that I, I may, I mean, I may have a hard time to explain myself, <laughs> but we found ourselves in that situation. So what was your the, company? What was the, the company, company about? The, the company is a mobility company. We, I mean, back then and still, still, still is today. They serve the uh, aging market. They enable um, senior, uh, senior individuals who are barely able to drive their car to uh, move from one place to the other, having a personal, let's say, concierge uh, driver. Uh, and they, so it's almost like Uber and Lyft for senior. For the, yeah, yeah, different. For, for the senior um, for the senior 
and aging uh, population in, in Paris. They're mainly, uh, they mainly operate within Paris and suburban area. And that's the B2C, uh, that's the B2C segment they operate in, but also operate into the B2B. They actually serve um, auto dealer to, I mean, they help auto dealers to move car from one place another to another in France. And they, with that, they cover the whole, um, the, the whole country from east to west to north to south. And my role back then was, uh, I, I, joined, I joined the company as a co-founder back then. I was doing two things. I was in charge of uh, the business development and also fundraising for the for the company. <laughs> and we were uh, we we had a couple of uh, uh, meetings with I mean, when we say meet, a couple of meetings, let's count it in, in the hundreds actually, with uh, different venture capitalists from seed stage actually to we were meeting pretty much everybody. Let's say, um, yeah. But so Jesse, for someone who is a tech founder or just an entrepreneur, no matter what the sector is, that's just getting started. They are at pre-seed stage. Kind of walk us through the pathway to meeting investors. Like if you're looking for funding, if you're in the fundraising phase, what's the pathway that you take? How do you meet investors? How do you set up these conversations? What do you do? Right. The good thing is that, I mean, investors, they advertise for their VC funds. So they try to make as, themselves as available as possible and looking at different deals from different, um, let's say, different funnels. Um, so you outreach to them basically as an outbound strategy. And what we were doing was that actually, because uh, we had to research them uh, in our sectors. Actually, if you, you want to so be very yeah, definitely. You definitely have to research the, the right VC in your sector because when they will join the company, I mean, you have to make sure that when those VC join the company, you can bring some kind of expertise with their, as regard to your sector. They can and also you have, have to look for alignment. Definitely. Definitely. That's the second key factor that you have to, uh, to narrow your search with. And third one is potentially that... Um, you, if you are a diverse funder, at I would I would suggest to bring as much diverse uh, VC to your to your company as possible. But when you are in what, a, what what do you mean by that? Okay, I would specifically mean that if you're female, for instance, trying to bring some female uh, VCs to I mean female uh, business angel or VC to your to your your cap table. If and you in are, your experience, what's the value of that of having female capital allocators? It's always a good thing in the sense that you have, I mean, that's, this is a company where you build wealth, you share wealth, and you actually uh, enable them to uh, bring also value in terms of uh, advising the company. So when I say bring in something, not, not, don't look at it from a gender perspective, but also from, a, from the experience and the expertise perspective. But I said, the more the capital is diverse, the more chances you have to be exposed to a, a network of a network, let's say. Um, that's another strategy that I will add. Um, so how does it look like? You have, getting back to your question, you have different ways of fundraising when you are, you, let's say, at pre-seed, in France at least. <clears throat> you can actually go for, um, you know, a couple of state-owned um, capital allocation entities that you go through, they will do the same thing as any VC. They will screen the deals. They will get you to in front of a committee. You will, you will actually pitch a project. And based on some key selection factors, they will either you know, um, allocate the, 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 the minimum 
20, 20,000 um, euros in funding up to 50 maximum. And if that doesn't work, then you have to uh, iterate on your strategy. You have to iterate and it'll take a, basically a, a bank loan to just for the first 20 to 30K, enabling you to actually pose the foundation of your company and then go on, um, raise some more capital out of the, the metrics that you've developed, you know, I mean, the, the traction that you've got. So what about that experience led you to creating Audex, the Audex Alliance Summit? All right, so that was the experience that I had in back in 2015. Uh, and I decided out of that painful experience that I wasn't going to take that, I mean, I wasn't going to uh, keep on with that, that path, rather uh, work at someone else's company and see how it, it works for me inside, although it's pretty much the same thing. <laughs> so one second, Jesse, back up. So what was painful about that process? Because it seems like it's the process that most people tend to follow when they're, they're fundraising. What happened? What, what was the thing that happened that led you to say, you know what, I'm going to try and do something different to create this summit that you're creating now. What are you trying, what's the problem that you are solving with the Audax Alliance Summit? All right, Audax Alliance Summit aims actually to bring together the founders that are, that are, that, that are currently in the position that I was in back then and tell them, look, we have a, a pool of European investors that are now looking at diverse, diversifying the deal, uh, the deal pipeline, the deal flow. So when I was back then in 2015, nobody was talking about diversity, actually. Um, but the whole, the deals were, I mean, the deals from diverse founders were quite overlooked everywhere in, 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 in France, every, from north to south to east to west. Yet you could have seen that from a non-technical background, if you were an entrepreneur into the, let's say, uh, restaurant industry, whatever, you, you could have a chance to get funded. Uh, when, when, it was about, when it came about um, tech, it was a different story. So what I took, what I did is taking that experience that I had and started to interview a couple of, I mean, uh, when I say a couple of founders, I interviewed a few hundred founders, diverse founders from you know, Black, uh, Arabics and, and mixed, I mean, mixed race founders, asking them where they were at in their own journey, fundraising their journey. And those, were, those are tech founders. Some were successful in, in the sense that um, they surrounded themselves with uh, capital allocators, business angels, uh, or they could raise uh, initial I mean, pre-seed capital from their family and friends, but not everyone and every of those founders were in that situation. So what I did is because, you know, after, after 2015, I had my own way, my own pathways, and I built up a network of, of investors. And then I was, I was in the middle of this situation where you have the ability to uh, bring together VCs uh, from different um, horizons in Europe as well as in the US and those founders from France that are actually building the company, but with a global scale in mind and told them, look, tell me exactly where you are at in your process. Cause I knew that you were founding a company and, then I, and, and I did interview some that um, from 2018, let's say uh, 2017, even for, to 2019, I started the company and then the company filed for bankruptcy because as they told me, there were lack of funding on, um, on the experience, the same thing that I, I did. 
So I just, I just had this opportunity to bring together this network of VCs of mine and say, look, we have a, a network of VC. Let's just have an event for you to have access to them. It's a way for you to, to, to build relationship outside of your traditional network. And if you're not successful in, um, in France per se, you might have an interest from someone else out of France that have demanded to invest in, in, in France, let's say in French research, research company. So the event is actually uh, aiming at fulfilling that single goal, that, um, that single problem that I experienced and those ones are now experiencing five to six years after. So when, when will be the event be and who should register to participate? I will definitely encourage, uh, you know, first time to, to very, uh, when I say first time, we tend to kind of use those are in, the, in their twenties, but actually in that, the founders that I've interviewed are from the close 30 to, <laughs> to 40 years old. So I would say first time founder, founders that are interested in meeting a diverse pool of uh, in VCs, um, founders that have companies that are geared toward, uh, you know, the European market, whether they're also located in Africa. When, when I studied this event, I studied, um, when I started to, to work on this event, I had in mind that everyone should have access to uh, this network. So it's not an, a, let's say, a pro-European or US event. It's someone who feels that, uh, like they want to have access to a certain uh, network can definitely join and listen and tune in and, and get a chance to network with those um, VCs and emerging fund managers as well from Europe. So after the event, what would be next? So they'd network and then what? What's the expectation after the initial summit where the networking happens? There are, I mean, I would say an event is what you make out of it. If you are in an event and you don't size your opportunity to network heavily and to make connection with the people that are there on the time, uh, you're losing that opportunity definitely. So uh, in terms of uh, doing the lift, it has been done with selecting the, the, the basis to join a different segment. Actually, um, when, I, when I talk about segment, I, I'm specifically talking about different uh, investment sectors, fintech, media, and software as a, as a whole. I mean, as a, as a broad sector. Uh, it's up to the founders definitely to do the, the, the work in networking, getting access to, to them and, you know, exchanging contacts. Uh, of course, this is the first opening them the first door to that network. Um, it's for them. It's actually a chance for them to, to get access to those people that are evilly busy and that might not have a chance to look at their pitch when it when it comes to the inbox because they're overflowed, <laughs> definitely. Um, but as and definitely the event is on a Saturday, which means that it has to be very cool. Just get in, network heavily, and and make sense of that moment. The next step for. Um, First, for ODAX audience is actually to reiterate on, I mean, to reiterate and, and to keep on doing the same thing. Because while doing it, we've interviewed a couple of VCs and they were saying, okay, if I cannot be at the first time, at this first session, I would like to be at the second summit. So it will be continuing on that if there is a, let's say, a product market fit. <laughs> so Jesse, for people who, might, who are listening, who might be interested in participating in the summit? Tell us the deeds. Where should they go to register? Well, um, of course, have a, we, I mean, we've set up an Airmeet page where you can register. 
uh, I'll potentially share the link with you, but that's, that's even better. Uh, we'll best... share the links in the, in the show notes. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, thank you for that. Um, Ness, if you actually want to have a clue about who I am and where to go, actually, you should, actually, you should uh, look at my LinkedIn profile with my name, Jesse Mongi Bimono. Uh, and then I'll easily find you the, you know, direct you to, um, to the link to register. There's a free, this is a free pass. So you just register and, and tune in the D-Day. People like free. So if you're interested in this conference, connect with Jesse on LinkedIn, DM her, and she will send you the information so that you can sign up. And it's good to get in her network. As she continues to network to create more opportunities that entrepreneurs who are traditionally underfunded can tap into. So you talked about diversity, equity, and inclusion in VC, and that in 2015, when you first started with your first company, that wasn't even really a conversation, and it didn't even become a major conversation until here in the U.S. until last year, which was sort of like the year or the summer of reckoning, right? And so what does the VC funding landscape in Europe, we, I have a sense of what it looks like here in the US where I'm based. What does it look like in Europe where you're based and is DEI on the agenda there? Whether a real change will occur or not, but is it on the agenda there as it is in the US? I think we have a different, um, there's a different perception from, uh, from the US to Europe. Uh, the DEI initiative has, it is said in, 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 in the US, is very different from, from the European one. Um, when we, especially uh, looking at the news and following a lot of um, information about the DEI in the US, uh, you know, companies are pushed to, to put that on their agenda, either allocating capital to emerging fund manager, either, you know, uh, backing up initiative regarding, um, or even launching initiative. I, I recently read today that, um, JP Morgan is to, to, to launch a, um, a fund investing in diverse businesses, diversity-owned business. So in, in, in Europe, nothing like that happens. Uh, you, can, you can picture any country. What I can say is um, the DEI, I mean, in due regard to the event that occurred uh, last year with, um, with uh, George Floyd, there had been a sort of a... Uh, general, let's say, or global spread of uh, inequity and, and racial injustice uh, being put on up front, and people were protesting in the street, etc., etc. Even in France, that as I mean, that even has had its, its ripple effect uh, globally. See, now when it comes to the DI agenda, it had had such an impact that we've seen more. Um, or at least emerging fund manager raise capital with the thesis that they would like and they would invest in overlook and underrepresented founders. Now it's up to each of them to back their thesis with capital and uh, having portfolio company that reflect their thesis. I leave that to, to them because that's the agenda. <laughs> and, uh, but I'm very, um, very happy about that because it means that uh, some people are regarding this question as we are as well. What I, what, I, um, what I question though is the representation, the, the representation of uh, in emerging fund managers from a diverse background. Um, this is the next question to be posed actually. 
because the agenda is, if it is about the AI, then we should potentially see more uh, emerging fund manager from diverse backgrounds take stage and raise capital in Europe and invest in um, people that look like them as well. Founders that are from, you know, So definitely to my point, I am very much looking forward in terms of diversity of uh, emerging fund manager in Europe, taking stage and raising capital from the uh, European investment banking and other institutional investors, just to change as well the, the narratives. Now, um, getting back to the agenda, the DEI agenda and the difference between um, that, in, that agenda in, in the US and Europe, I would say uh, it's nothing close to the US, nothing. Because when the first DEI movement came from the US, it was embraced in, in France and in, in Europe. Then it shifted a little bit to uh, gender equality, uh, parity, and it stops there. So nothing really much about equity per se. And this, this is tied down to um, each, I mean, if I specifically talk about France to its culture, um, France has a tendency to warrant equal opportunities to everybody. What they mean by equal opportunity would potentially mean that if I have, I mean, if my peer have access to a job, I should have access to the same job. Okay. Um, but then when it comes to building equity, which is basically, you know, uh, investing in ca capital into uh, a venture and then developing that venture, creating wealth, this is a story that needs to be, um, this is an agenda that actually needs to be pushed forward. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> there has been some, some, some recent articles and I think I had shared one. Um, there was an article published on June 25th that suggests that white privilege is prevalent, even in Africa, in the, what we see now, and, and there have been stories even before this one last year and before saying that expatriates, even in Africa, in an ecosystem like that, having a much better, much better opportunities for raising capital than black founders. Have you found that to, to be the case in your experience? And what are your thoughts about that? And would you consider getting a white co-founder? Is that a good strategy for helping to sort of pave a pathway when you're fundraising to pair up with a white co-founder who could potentially be the face of the fundraising for the business and whether or not that strategy might have a better return on investment as far as fundraising is concerned? Well, uh, that's, this is a tough question to me right now. I would say that the, the most important point is for VC to look at deals base free because that's where the solution is coming from, not from your skin, the color skin or whatever because I don't believe that's a smart move actually. <laughs> and, and adding to that, if you build a company, you wanna be surrounded by a founder who understand what you're building, the problem that you're solving, uh, the market that you're addressing. And uh, I would say, if I address a market that a white co-founder doesn't have an experience in, it hasn't experienced the same problem. It might bring in some technical, you know, expertise. Fine. Uh, let's just take it from a technical part. I don't question that. 
but let's say from, from, from experiencing the problem, it's a different story because he has to be in your shoes. And when someone hasn't lived the experience that you've gone through, how would he defend the case, uh, pitching the, the, the case? How would he feel the pain that you've experienced and aim solve for, for, for good, actually? I would, I would then say that um, me finding a, a white co-founder is someone who has first experienced the issue that I am trying to solve. That's even better because there is a, a better bound towards solving that problem instead of bringing someone and hoping that that person will fast track the process because this is a somewhat a life process in building a company. It takes up, up to 10 years to see a return. So it's 10 years of partnership that needs to be, <laughs> needs to be well thought. I like that. Now, do you think that there is a trust factor when it comes to VCs and Black founders? And do you think that Black founders would make greater inroads? What would they need to do to make greater inroads? Is it just what you're trying to do with the Audex Alliance Summit? What else needs to be done? At some point in my journey in as a European, I feel like there is a misunderstanding between communities, actually. Uh, whether you take the Arabic community, whether you take the um, Black Caribbean community to the Black African community. And when we say Black African, it's actually a, it's a million, million people community because you have Africans from Senegal, from Ivory Coast that are migrating to, to Europe, um, at least to France. And you have the, our, the indigenous in Europe that you have to also understand. So there is a... I, I do believe that there is a way for us to get together around um, common interests, but we, have, we also have to get to know each other as individuals, as human beings, because in the midst of our common life, we skip that step. We, we actually skip that step with a lot of stereotypes, you know, all this coming, they are like this, they are like that. So we, we keep on nurturing the biases over and over again. But I believe, especially when we talk about um, uh, you know, venture creation, wealth creation, that we have to be at least, uh, sorry, you, you will excuse me the expression, mature enough to drop those, those biases. Because what we have is creating a new asset class, meaning that we're investing into founders that have a vision. Of course, from the VC side, you also have to invest with return in, in, in let's say, return in mind and in, in the figures as well. But the asset class that we're trying to build is to benefit to millions of people, for, to the founders, to the VCs, community, and their investors, as well as to uh, creating jobs on, the, on, on other Yeah, so we are in, in venture to build a new asset class. So I believe that we have to get to know each other to uh, cross those barriers and look at the deals. Uh, the, the teams that are building those companies and whether they uh, can sustain the growth of these companies as well to make um, returns, to make returns on their VCs and VCs back to the LPs. So I would believe that the, one, one of the core aim of this event is actually to get um, us together. Because a lot of them, what I, what I came to, to figure out and into, while interviewing both parties that, um, Let's say, for instance, if you take a, a major company that is Black-owned, that talks about Black culture, some uh, white investor may not understand the potential of this, uh, this market. Of course, they might. But if you, for instance, let's just put uh, a name of an equivalent in the US. If you look at Blavity, for instance, uh -huh. this is now a sort of a I mean, US-wide US um, media. 
you replicate something, it's not about replicating, but it's about having an equivalent like this in Europe. And which we are talking about millions of black Europeans from, from the Nordics to the, to, to the far entrance South Europe and East to Western Europe. Um, so I believe that the potential is pretty much European. If we have a, comp we have a company like that that serves this specific market. Um, so my point is that we have each other, each other business. Of course, when you are a VC and then you have 8,000 deals, you might not get the time to, you know, to waste and analyze a company objectively, but that's the work that you've chosen to do. <laughs> so you're starting your own VC fund. Tell us about that. And what will be your funding thesis once you raise funds for your own VC venture? Yeah, there's one thing about that that I, I came to, to realize that it was potentially time for us to get on the map as well. Because um, uh, working in, I mean, I had an experience in a syndicate uh, back then. It was in 2019. <laughs> it was a very good experience because I, had my, I, I could have uh, a sense of uh, what it's like to actually source deal, uh, invest in companies and actually nurture my own phases. But the point is not about that experience. I like to solve problems that I experience. And when many people are experiencing along, alongside me, it means that there is a market. <laughs> there is potential to solve a, a problem that is touching as a thousand people's lives. Um, now, if I see that into, when I look at the European emerging fund manager scene, there are close to no black emerging manager, there's a problem. Because we are, you know, centuries from what has happened to, to, this, to, to the, trade, uh, the slave trade, to colonialism, to everything. So what is the problem actually in Europe? I, I think personally that um, there is a misunderstanding of what uh, the market, I mean, what the market potential is when it comes to black owned venture. And I personally, coming from, from Africa and having lived in, in Europe and traveled to the US, have a more of a, let's say, global perspective on, on the potential. Some VC may have that, I would, I would admit, but they do select different regions that I am selecting. So uh, I decided that, well, I, might be, I should be <laughs> among those people solving this issue and raising capital to invest in, in other founders because there's a problem that needs to be solved, there's a market that needs to be created. And there are founders that are awesome to be, to be backed. And those founders are having a pain in fundraising capital for their venture. Why? Potentially because uh, some of the VC on the market is not in their venture, they disregard the deals. They might also, due to their own um, mandate, might not be able to allocate capital into those and their, fund, their own fundraising cycle. Fine, I get that. Yet, the problem still exists <laughs> and, and Tomorrow, there will still be graduate and 40-year-old 40, 40 someone who has got a 20-year some experience in a, in a company spinning out and say, I want to launch this company because it solved this and that problem across uh, having a registered company in France and operating in, in Africa and serving the African market, the French African market, per, per se. I was born in Africa, and I know how about the African scene. And don't tell me about the fact that Africa is unstable, because actually, when I look at the globe, no, there's no longer any country that is stable. Everyone, every country has has, has its own share or share of economic crisis, political, uh, some sort of civil un unrest, and all that. 
so I do believe that this thesis is outdated. <laughs> but um, on the venture capital scene, um, being an emerging fund manager, I aim to solve and invest in fintech, media, and software companies. Why do I invest in fintech? Fintech is um, actually a very good enab uh, enabler. You have the opportunity to shift the market, the, the existing market. It could be a you know, subsector like insurtech, but yet you shift the perspective and the current market. You actually build company that enables uh, millions of people to, to see money translating from, uh, from Europe to Africa if I want to talk specifically about the remittance industry, but there are more to that. And I was recently discussing with a health tech founder. He's, doing, he's developing an app that solves um, families' health issues in, in Africa, enabling them to, sell, to save on their uh, expenses, their dairy expenses, and pay for their uh, medical um, expenses as well with a partnership with pharmacists uh, and, and doctors. So they don't want to have the pain in thinking about, you know, how are they going to, um, let's say, have 20, let's say, if I say maybe something like 200 euros to uh, pay for their um, medical um, bills. Because he has put together a process, an app, and a product that enables them to save on a daily basis on their errands. This is a solution that interests me because this is built by an African but living in Europe. I mean, the tech in Europe and understand the market is, is actually um, building the product. If I am to present, if that founder is, is to present that same company to a European VC, they might say, oh, we don't invest in Africa. But the company is a European company. It's not an African company per se, it's a European company. So the biases is also like geographic to my belief. So to me, as a emerging fund manager, fund manager I see two things. I see the opportunity to create a new market and second, to back those founders and to make a return on these companies. These companies have the potential to be like uh, a paystack, float away, and they laugh, mono, I mean, you name those, uh, you know, um, you know fast-growing Nigerian companies that have been, uh, that have, you know, been um, able to return on their LPs, but on the, on the French African scene. Jesse, we're going to have to have you back when you've raised funds for your VC. Um, we have to. But before we go, give us a quick pitch for listeners who might want to attend that summit again. Why is that the place for them to be and for them to get connected to that network and the value of being connected to that network by participating in the summit? You got 30 seconds. All right, um, this is tough now. <laughs> um, I think it's, it matters to, to you, the founders, the first-time founders, the FinTech founder, the media founder, the health tech founder to get connected to a diverse scene of uh, venture capitalists from the US to Europe to Af that are also allocating capital in Africa across geography per se. Um, yeah, to network with them, to meet a lot of angel syndicates that are pouring capital into ventures in, in Europe as well, um, alongside networking with the attendants that are also looking for companies like yours uh, within those segments, but more than that, because um, you know, I've seen from the attendant pool, there, there are VCs in the Netherlands attending as well. 
and they are looking for um, you know European but European company with a market that is in Africa per se. Uh, I believe that solving problems on our own terms is what matters to, you, to, to me. So you should join if you want to solve from that matters to you as well and meet the people that are. I love it. Jesse, thank you so much for coming on the Where's the Funding podcast. And I am happily looking to have you back when you've actually found funding for your VC. But in the meantime, folks, make sure that you attend the Audex Alliance Summit where Jesse is creating a network for you as an entrepreneur to be able to start building your network of VCs and other types of funders so that when you're on your fundraising journey, you have people who you can reach out to so that you can start having those conversations to start raising funds. Jesse, thank you so much. To our listeners, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Worth of Funding podcast. We would love to hear your feedback on the show and how we could improve. So please complete the short survey in the show notes. If you would like to be a guest or sponsor the podcast, please contact us at where's the funding at gmail.com. You can find us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. Help us grow by subscribing to the podcast so that we can get in the ears of more listeners. Stream, rate, download, do all of that good stuff. Jesse on LinkedIn and get in our DMs about this conference that's coming up later this year. And you can also follow me on LinkedIn, Michelle J. McKenzie. Thank you so much and see you on the next episode. Thank you, Michelle.